Hello there. Hope you had a very Merry Christmas if you celebrate. And if you don't, hopefully you had a good day in general, just in general. So um, got, I'm here now with an Avatar Way of Water spoiler talk. This is where I go into more details and speak a bit more spoiler issues, uh, spoiler points of the film. If you haven't seen it, but you're interested in what I've got to say about it for some reason, well, and thanks for that if you are. Um, there's a spoiler-free review, uh, w uh, which I was posted last week. Uh, this is now for, if you've seen it, going into a few more spoiler things. Uh, this won't be a blow-for-blow blow blow account of everything that happens, because, you know, it's three hours and 12 minutes, and I'd be here all fucking day if we were doing that. But, you know, it's just to talk about a few things from the film that I couldn't go into in the non-spoiler review. So... Uh, full disclosure, we're going into spoilers as of now. So, one of the big things going into this is, um, I knew going into this that, uh, that Colonel Quaridge, uh, you know, Stephen Lang's character from the first film, The Villain, was coming back, but I didn't know how they were going to do that. And and it's, we're answering this pretty early on, because you see he's he's now got his own avatar body and his uh, marines and things like that his, um, they've got their own avatar bodies turns out there's a pre-recorded message with, with Quaridge in his human form before he recorded, before he died saying that if he, he, he was to die then to get his his uh, memories and subconscious and personality and things transferred into that, an avatar body so they would then have all the strength and skill that they would, the Navi would have and things like that so, and to go and avenge their death so, which I thought was a pretty cool way of bringing them back I was, I was curious about how they were going to do it I, ho I was hoping it wasn't just going to be oh yeah we've, we've just resurrected them for the dead because you know you know it, it kind of be a lame cop-out way, but no, that actually was quite good, how, quite clever how they'd do it. And it is, you know, quite believable to think that they would want to get their hands on technology like that themselves, you know, those people. Uh, so, yeah, you know, that actually was somewhat... The whole, like, the whole film's kind of far-fetched, but it was somewhat... There was logic to that, so you know that actually worked pretty well. I feel. Also, turns out he had a a son in secret. He gets called Spider. He's a, a human who hangs a bit with the Navi and things like that. And so this actually makes for a lot of interesting dynamics and things like that as well, because you see that the he it actually gives depth to Quaritch's character, which I liked about this, because you know, as entertaining as he was in the first film, the character was kind of just one dimensional, just the hey, I'm going to call and bomb Pandora and things like that. And he's still got that. He's still true to that. But it actually does give a bit more depth and a bit more drama to it. It also makes you think that in future films to come, perhaps he gets redeemed and actually turns to the Navi side. I do think that could be where they're going with this as well. But it's now gave an interesting dyna dynamic instead of a one-dimensional villain, even though he was really good and Stephen Lang was great at playing it in the first film, it was kind of one-dimensional, but it worked, it was entertaining, but you know, I think you've added an extra layer here, which I actually think you need to do in sequels with that, and all good sequels can do that, and this did this extremely well. So I like that quite a bit. I also liked as well, there's a scene where he's seen, he, he, he has no memory of his death, but he actually sees a recording of it, and you can actually see, that was actually quite powerful, that actually worked really well. And you can sort of see, he gets the arrow shot at him from the teary and things, so that was really good, excellent stuff there, it worked well. And, you know, uh, of course, we now find out they've got uh, Jake and Natiri have their kids as well. I can't remember all their names. One of the one of the main ones is called Kiri, and she's like an adopted from like Grace as well from uh, Sigourney Weaver's character from the first film. And of course, that and 
score now we actually plays that plays Kiri. I, I kept thinking they were saying Kitty, but uh, apparently it's Kiri. So there you go. <laughs> Maybe I should get my ears checked out. But there you go. So and the the technology on this looked great because you can see Sid Gordon Weaver in the the I'd like a younger version of Sid Gordon Weaver in this character. So it actually looked amazing. This was brilliantly done. This is one of the many great technical aspects of this film. Also a nice little scene as well when she actually goes to see her. Uh, Caesar and the Vision at the Tree uh, as well, so that was quite good as well. That worked again, added a bit of emotional layers to the film as well. Um, speaking of which, as well, you've got as well the, the whole story about they, they go to the sea people to try and get help and things like that, and that's where you get that line from the trailer don't bring your war to here because they, they obviously don't want uh, they're living in peace, they don't want the. the, the the, the Navi's war out affecting them but they eventually like, they let them come in so you've got little things as well when the, their kids start bullying the Navi's kids and things this is something I did mention in the non-spoiler thing I quite like how they fight that Jake's kids kind of fight like a human because he would have taught them to do that as well like the way they bowled up the fist to punch the other one in the face it's not really a Navi style fighting thing but I, I did like that because you know it hurt his dad was a human first and foremost, so you know he's going to learn human traits. Some people have a problem with the fact that the kids go about saying bro and things like that a lot, uh, but you know at the end of the day they're taking them to be teenagers. Plus, their dad was a, again, like I said, their dad was a human, so it's actually again there's a bit there is logic and some believability to this unbelievable film. <laughs> you are not you're, he's going to pick up things from his dad, and his dad's not going to lose all his human traits just because he became an abbey. So, you know, I think that worked. I, I did not have a problem with that. And so, of course, there was some, uh, once they start learning, like, the way of the war and things, you get some amazing underwater scenes as well. These these looked astonishing in the IMAX 3D. Now, I will say one thing, though. I was sitting there in awe with it, watching this for the first time in IMAX 3D, but they didn't really drive the plot along, so that's, this is where it could be a worry with your how rewatchability value if, you know, you're watching it at home and you don't have the, the the same effect and things. These these scenes might drag. They look beautiful, but they might drag once you've once you've seen it before. That's my only concern. But ah well, so far so good. Loved it the first time. So hopefully that isn't the case for future viewings. But we've then got um, as well. There's one thing they get they get into the fight as well like that. I like when like, Jake's like disciplining them, and then he says to the I think it's the older one, and he says to him. So what does the other guy look like? And he's just like, oh yeah, even worse. So <laughs> I thought that was quite good. That just still showed that it, it was a, it's a dad thing to do that as well. <laughs> to see they're like disciplining them for getting into a fight, and then they say, "Hi, but hope, hope hope you got a few good hits in there, son. Hope they look worse than you." <laughs> so you know that was a good little moment. Again, they actually put a believable thing into these unbelievable situations. I actually thought that worked well. Another thing I really loved about it was the whales. I thought they were awesome. I know some people will say, oh, it's heavy-handed, save the whales message. It's probably work. Probably, probably folk will say that. But no, I thought the stuff for the whales was great. Like, I actually really liked it when the, the son was, I can't remember the son's name, but he was bonding with the whale, the, the main whale who was an outcast. They tell stories about him being this monster and things like that, but turns out that's not the case. And, you know, I thought that these scenes worked really well. I thought that was great. And then when they got the, the whale hunting scene, though, 
thank God, that was one of those moments I was just sitting saying, there was a village, you're a bunch of cunts. Like, what the... Oh, that Australian guy as well, he was like, oh, yeah, the wilds are stupid, not as smart as the humans. It's like, ha well, he got his arm ripped off later. So that was a, that was a cathartic moment. It's like, ha fuck you. So, uh, yeah, that was great. That paid off great. Uh, so the whale hunting scene, though, that was fantastic that was just so i was actually wrapped up in this thinking oh my god what are you doing it's like, so that was great uh, and then they start of course there's that scene where they're like drilling up to his brain and things it's like that was uh, it was quite disturbing but it was all compelling really uh coming as well like i mentioned the action in that last hour is astonishing there was so many moments i was like gasping and just really almost moving in the seat all that the action was astounding and it was really compelling and gripping and here's the thing i mentioned about the emotional thing that i can't remember the the eldest son's name but the eldest son dies which then sort of shows you that there are stakes and consequences in this and that anyone could really go type thing. And I don't think they'd kill off one of the kids, but they went and did it. So, they, you know, that was actually a bold move. But it was actually really emotional. It actually did get me in the feels there. I thought that worked really well. So that kind of does show you that the good guys aren't always going to be safe in this. So that And that's a good thing going forward now, because you can now think, well anyone could really go and that's the thing now i did wonder early in the film Natiri doesn't get a lot to do she kind of just floats in and out at the early in the first couple of hours she's not really in it that much she's in it but not that much didn't really notice much of her and then but then in the last hour and so i did actually think though i remember i heard something about zoe zaldana said supposed to have said something in an interview she's looking to try and get away from franchise films so maybe I was wondering, I wonder if she actually, if maybe it's her, if somebody, if one of the good guys is going to go, maybe it is, but uh, no, and, but in the, in the final hour, my God, that character really brings it, and her, her emotion and her acting is astounding, you know, you're playing this big blue person, but the emotion, the raw emotion she shows when their son dies is just, that's really powerful, it's, that is the brilliance of her acting though, it, it shows through from a big blue person, it's just so well done. And then we come to the bit when uh, she's like gets a hold of Spider and she's got the, the the knife in his throat, saying like a son for a son, and that was compelling. And I thought for a minute, and I think she's maybe going to do it. And Quaritch was actually that's that, and that was the thing. I thought, oh, maybe she is going to do it because now when you see that that son died, you kind of know, know that all bets are off that anyone could go in this, which makes the film all the more compelling. Um, yeah, so you've got where Quaritch has got his the, the, Quaritch like lets the, the other one go there. I think it was their youngest daughter go. I think if I remember right, he's got a hold of them. But Quaritch is at first saying, "No, nah, I don't care. It means nothing to me." But then he actually, when it looks like she's about to do it, then he says, oh, "Okay, who will go?" So that actually does show that there is possible redeeming qualities coming for her with Quaritch, which makes his character all the more interesting. And then, of course, you've got the F F Jake and Quaritch have their fight, and, you know, it's a, and Jake gets out, but then Spider has a choice to make. He could, if he, if he could only have just left Quaritch to, lie, to die, but he actually goes and saves him. Some people are saying this is a stupid thing to do, he shouldn't have done it, that's a stupid character trait. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree, because if you look at it, he obviously does have some sort of bond with his dad. It might be a strained one, but he's got divided loyalties. And and he's got good reason to have divided loyalties. It's one of those things, though. It would have been stupid if, you know, Quaritch hadn't spared his life before that. So, you know, but 
he obviously did, so he obviously felt that he owed him something, so, you know, pulled him out there. And it's all set up for number three then. So, yeah, I thought this film was great. I absolutely loved it. Fantastic stuff. I mean, I remember quite a lot of it. And that was, what, six days ago. I've seen it. I've only seen it once so far. But, yeah, just want to go into a bit more depth about things that I couldn't do in the non-spoiler review. So, there you go. Real pleasure to talk about Avatar The Way of Water again. Fantastic film. Absolutely loved it. Part three's already made. So, I think we get that in two years. So, yeah, bring it on. Definitely can't wait for that. So... And I had my doubts as well, even going in. Kind of, I kind of liked how the first Avatar was its own single thing, and didn't need to be as big franchise or anything. But it kind of just a one and done, one big one and done. But um, and I had my doubts about doing a sequel. I mean, what more can you do? But now I think, yeah, I think you've the world built, building. They've actually built and set up so much for going forward, but it never felt like a whole load of setup. So it's made it all the more exciting. So yeah. Bring it on. So, anyway, thanks for taking the time to listen. There'll be a few more different recordings throughout the week. Some stuff rounding up the the stuff for, for the year. There'll be a worst film of the year list. And there'll be a best film of the year list. The best one film might not come out until early January because I might, I might need to rewatch a couple of films just to f- get the final order on them. But uh, in the next week or so, that'll be happening. So... There you go. Thank you ever so much for taking the time to listen and goodbye.